Welcome everyone to episode four, or I should say part two of two of the 2021 NFL draft special on Penn Station Sports Talk. I'm Jay, I'm your host. We're with Justin, Jason, and Tom again today to give you the second half of our mock drafts, pick 17 to 32. And in the last week since we recorded, some new legislations have come out um, one of them being Adam Schefter tweeting, and I guess a lot of other analysts tweeting that that the 49ers are almost 100% set on Trey Lance or Mac Jones, which I still disagree with it. I had the 49ers taking Trey Lance because of that. I, did, I still disagree. I think it should be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields should go second, but that's that's something I've said numerous times, so that's a new update. And other than that, I haven't heard too much. The Falcons are reportedly taking a quarterback in this draft, which I predicted because I said the, I said they should take Fields and let him learn. And also the rumors that the GM is going to trade Julio Jones uh, soon enough. We don't know if it's going to be for a first-round pick this year. We don't know what it's going to be. And finally, something big that happened was the, the Baltimore Ravens traded with the Chiefs for their first rounder. They gave up Orlando Brown to the Chiefs, which was huge because the, the Browns, uh, not the Browns, the uh, the Chiefs lost Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. So they got Orlando Brown at tackle. In return, the Ravens got some handful of draft picks, including this year's first rounder. Lots that went down this week. Um, any opening thoughts from anyone regarding what, um, you know, anything about the Falcons at, or anything about the Ravens and Chiefs trade anything yeah I really like the Chiefs trade that they did with the Ravens I think it was a good trade for both sides since Orlando Brown he really didn't want any part of the Ravens and the Chiefs they had a massive hold and their right tackle spot and they still have a massive hole in the left side of the offensive line which I think they will still be trying to address in this draft so I think this sets them up well for next year, as we saw in the Super Bowl with no right and left tackle. It was quite scary for Patrick Mahomes. So this this should really help them out. I agree. And you're absolutely right. The uh, The Super Bowl was was a glimmer of what what could be without two good left tackles or good two tackles, I should say, on that offensive line. I'm not saying that that would happen every game, but I think Mahomes would have a little bit more trouble uh, without, you know, Schwartz and Fisher. So it's a good thing they got one tackle. I think it was a good trade for both teams. The Ravens get a little more capital. Um, we'll see what they do with it. I do so, think there's a good chance that the Falcons do end up taking a quarterback, but this also could just be a very smart play to get a lot of value for their pick if they want to trade back because they, they have said that they love Kyle Pitts and they absolutely want him like a hundred percent. But if, if they really do want him, they, they will be trying to spread around that they're taking a quarterback. So they get maybe two, three first round pick offers for that, that pick at number four and someone like maybe the Broncos or the Patriots or the bears or the football team will try to, give up a lot of value to try to get that quarterback that they want so badly. That's interesting. You bring that up and that's true. A lot, a lot of these so-called schemes that these GMs cook up during, uh, you know, the week before the draft, there are a lot of smoke screens like th this whole, you know, Trey 
Lance, Mac Jones to the Niners thing, it could be a whole smoke screen and they could take Justin Fields. We don't know. Um, a lot of times they like to confuse the media, confuse other GMs. So, Tom, you might be right. They might just be saying, oh, we want a quarterback so that maybe someone gives up a king's ransom to get that pick, like a team maybe like the Bears, who also I've heard that the Bears are a candidate to possibly trade up and get a quarterback. Specifically, I heard interest in Justin Fields. So maybe they're cooking this whole we want a quarterback thing up just so the Chicago Bears jump up, give them everything to get that pick in that quarterback. It'll be really interesting to see, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think the Falcons pick could be a smoke screen, but uh, with with the 49ers talking about Trey Lance and Mac Jones, I really don't think that is much of a smoke screen. Like, you you see reports like mostly not conflicting at all. Everyone's saying, okay, they really like Mac Jones, but the scouting department's saying that Trey Lance is the better prospect and they should really look towards him which means Kyle Shanahan has done something stupid and he thinks that Justin Fields is not the pick for some reason. And he has favored Mac Jones throughout the whole draft process. So it it is going to be a very tough day for the 49ers fans as we come to Thursday to see who wins out that battle. 100%. And um, we all did our predictions with that. And at the end of the day, like I said, Last week, it's all just predictions. We don't know what will occur on draft day. That's why I love the draft. Anything could happen. But uh, with that said, I guess we're going to start our predictions. So I guess we'll start with Jason this time, since I think you went last last week. So we'll hear your 1732 of the first round first. All right. So with pick 17, I have the Raiders. I have them taking um, Jeremiah Uusu Koromoa. I'm at a I think that's how you say it. That's how I say it. So, yeah. So I had them taking him. I think he is, he was a good prospect out of Notre Dame. And I think being like a nice, I, what I've seen of him, like the tape, I've seen he can really cover well and also like kind of be the guy like that can make the plays. So I think he really bolstered their, uh, their line well. Um, pick 18 with the Miami Dolphins. I have them taking Quiddy Pay. I think their goal really is to try to fix a lot of the holes they have. And that's one uh, prospect that I think can really do that well is like and bolster their whole team. Um, pick 19, we talked last week about the fact that none of us had Micah Parsons. And when we talked about that, I had I realized that I had him going early in the second half. So I have him going to the football team. Uh, I was really debating between putting a quarterback here, but I'm also, I don't really think that because I had, uh, I had five quarterbacks going in the last, the first half. So I don't really think they'll take a quarterback because I don't think there would be anyone there that they really like. And I think linebackers really position that they don't have much depth in. So I think that's a good move for them. Uh, pick 20, the Chicago Bears. I have them taking Vera Tucker. Um, I really think that if they don't trade up, they want to kind of stick with Andy Dalton, which the, the, that was a signing they made recently. I think that's if they want to stick with him, they need to fix their O-line and make sure that like he can have the seconds to make the throws that he needs to make. Uh, pick 21 for the Colts. I have them taking Rashad Bateman. I think the signing of Wentz or the trading of Wentz to them, I think they want to really give him a weapon that can make, like get open and 
really make play like good plays and make sure that like he has the weapons. Uh, pick 22, the Titans, I have them taking Elijah Moore. It's my same kind of reasoning with the last pick. I think they want to give Tannehill a weapon because they have Derrick Henry who can run the ball, but I think they want to try to make it so they don't have to rely on only running the ball. They want to really have someone that can catch the ball if they want to make a play over the air. Uh, pick 23 with the Jets, I have them taking Caleb Farley. I think they really need to fix their secondary beyond like beyond their quarterback issue. And they'd really need to fix their secondary. And I think Caleb Farley can do that. He kind of has a lot of issues with injuries I've seen. So that might be a little risky of a pick, but I do think he could really help that jet secondary. Uh, pick 24. I have the Steelers taking Najee Harris. Um, I really like Najee Harris. I like him as a prospect, and I think they lost James Conner to the Cardinals, so I think they want to get someone there that can run the ball because, to be honest, Big Ben's not getting any younger. He still is a good quarterback, but he's getting old, and he doesn't have the same versatility he used to have, so they want someone that can run the ball if uh, they really have struggle over the air. Um. Pick 25, the Jaguars, I have them taking uh, Tavon Jenkins at tackle. I think they want someone that's going to protect Trevor Lawrence because they're absolutely taking Trevor Lawrence. They want someone that can protect him and make sure that, like, they don't have any struggles. Um, Pick 26, the Browns, I have them taking Christian Barmore. Uh, They signed JV and Clowney. They have Miles, uh, Miles Garrett. They want someone that they really want to bolster that defensive line, and I think he would be a good pick to place on that line and make them very dominant. Uh, pick twenty-seven. I have them taking the Ravens taking Walker Little. Um, he, I just he he. I know he opted out the last season, so he's kind of a risky like pick but I do think he had a lot of uh, upside to him. And I think he can really protect uh, Lamar and make sure that Lamar can get the holes that he needs to, if he wants to rush the ball. Uh, Pick 28, I have the Saints taking Greg Newsom at corner. Um, They really, they, yeah, they lost Drew Brees. He retired. And so they realistically, you would think that they would take a quarterback or want to do that but I think they have faith in either, whether it's Jameis Wilson Winston I mean or uh, I'm blanking on his name I don't know why but um, I think they want to stick with either of those choices and they want someone that can make plays over the secondary so I think Greg Newsom is a good play um, pick 29 I know they won't do it because they never help out Rodgers, but I, I have the Green Bay taking Terrace Marshall Jr. at wide receiver. I think they have Devontae Smith or Devontae Adams, I mean, and I think they need someone that can also make plays. So I think that's a good move for them to give him and our give Rodgers and our weapon. Uh, pick 30, I have the Bills taking Jason Owe um, out of Penn State. I think I don't think the Bills really have many areas that need to be fixed but I think he would be a good placement into their lineup. Um, 
I was really debating taking a running back here, but I think uh, Singletary is pretty like okay, so I think it's a good move for them. Um, pick 31, I have the Ravens taking Jalen Phillips out of Miami. I also think this is a good move. I like I really like him as a prospect, and I think he can really do well for them. So I think if they take him with their the pick they got from the Chiefs, I think that'd be a good move. And pick 32, I have the Bucks taking Asante Samuel Jr. I think um, they that Bucks offense has a lot of upside to it, and I think they're very well. I think they just need to fix their defense, and I think putting him on the secondary would really help out the um, the Bucks deep secondary. Really interesting. A lot of guys that. I didn't have going in my first round. Um, Very interesting. So one thing I want to bring up is, or a couple of things. First thing is you, you mentioned the Colts taking a receiver. I know you had a couple going, you had Rashad Bateman, you had Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. Um, So I, I realized I have other receivers going in the first, in the second half of the first round as well. And I really didn't have many of those guys. I had, I didn't have uh, Elijah Moore. I didn't have um, Terrace Marshall going. So those are very interesting picks. And number two, you are right about the Saints. Um, I think you trying to, you were thinking of Taysom Hill when you were Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston over there. So I, I think they, they are going to stick with one of those guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints maybe trade up in the second round or they take a quarterback later in the draft, um, maybe like a Kyle Trask or something. Really interesting uh, with your with your picks. Um, did you have – see, I also want to mention, I had Jalen Phillips going 11th to the Giants, and you have him going 31st. So that just shows you how broad his, I guess, scouting has been. Some teams like him. Some teams are scared of the injuries. He's one of those guys, like I said, he just he just recently started climbing up draft boards. So um, it'll really be interesting to see where he goes on draft. If he even goes in the first round, I think he will. Uh, we'll see about that. So very interesting stuff there, Jason. Thank you for that. Um, Tom, you have any comments? Yeah, I do. Um, I really like the Terrace Marshall pick to the to the Green Bay Packers. He's a great deep threat, very tall, 6'4". He, he just makes complete sense. He, he would be the perfect fit for losing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who couldn't catch the ball for his life. Um, Terrace Marshall has great – has great. Uh, he, he's just a great guy who can go up and get the ball. He, he's, he has great ball skills. He's going to do stuff that Marquez Valdez-Scantling couldn't do, and I think he could have a really good season if he went to the Packers. I also really like the Asante Samuel Jr. pick. He is my cornerback, too. Of course, he is only 5'10 and 185, which a lot of teams view him as a, would view him as a slot corner because of that. But he, he shows the raw skills and athleticism to play on the outside, like no doubt. And I, I really think if he goes to the right scheme and the right team, he could be one of the best corners to ever play. It's a bold statement, but uh, yeah, I like that pick too. Um, obviously, the son of Asante Samuel, who was a great corner for the Eagles uh, back in the day. So I'm sure Jason remembers those days. So we'll see how he fares if he were to go in Tampa Bay. 
Um, Tom, since you just spoke, we'll go with your second half. Let's hear it. Cool. I just want to say, uh, I don't think Jason's that old to remember the Asante Samuel days, but, uh, I do, I do think, I do think he does. Uh, he has at least seen the stats and probably some highlights. He definitely, yeah. I think we all knows have. the talent. Um, you know, uh, a quick, quick thing to mention. I do remember. Um, if I remember correctly, he was on the Patriots earlier in his career. He was, and I remember during the Super Bowl against the Giants in in um, 08 or 07, it was. The, the last drive, the David Tyree catch drive, if if you remember the game, before that happened, Eli Manning tried to, you know, uh, complete a pass on the sideline, and Asante Samuel dropped it. Would have ended the game right there. And he, I remember he tried – I think he tried to throw it away or he tried to just force it in there, and he just dropped it. And what it was right in his hands, that's all, That's what I remember him for. So we'll, we'll see <laughs> – Dante Samuel Jr. does anything similar to that. Yeah, he, he <laughs> dropped that one. But once he went to the Eagles, he caught every single interception. Oh, yeah. He, I believe, I, I'm looking ever. at his stats now. He had 10 interceptions in one season one time, which is ridiculous. So, yeah, he's he, definitely was a, he definitely was a, a, a good corner. Let's see, if, let's see if his son can live up to the name. All right, Tom, take it away. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to hop straight into it. Pick 17, I have the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Tevin Jenkins, the tackle out of Oklahoma State. He is a true right tackle. He's athletic, physical. He's insanely strong. He doesn't have great technique, but it doesn't really matter because the Raiders run that power run kind of quick pass scheme that just fits him perfectly. And I, I just see this pick almost as a lock already. I, I think Tevin Jenkins is almost automatically going to the Raiders if he falls that far. Uh, pick 18, I have Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan, going to the Miami Dolphins. He's a perfect perfect scheme fit in this if they stay in the 3-4. And if he, they transition to a 4-3 now that their, def, their third defense coordinator has moved out uh, over the past three years, they've had three defense coordinators. Um if if they transition to a 4-3, I think they could still take him, but I think they would more look to a guy like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Um, but, yeah, Quiddy Pay is the pick. He plays a lot like Kyle Van Noy if they're playing in a 3-4, and I think he has the upside of a guy like Justin Tuck if he's playing in a 4-3 especially. He just has insane speed-to-power like transitions. He's insanely versatile. Versatile, he fits any scheme. He can move inside, outside. He's not a great uh, run run defender, though. He's not good in block shedding, and he's not very good at finding and tracking the ball carrier. But other, otherwise, he's he's just an insanely great pick with a high upside. I really like Quiddy Pay. Uh, at pick nineteen, I have the football team taking Jeremiah Osukoromoa. He is a will linebacker. He can also play the overhang position. If you're a Madden fan, that's the big nickel safety position where you have a defensive back or a small linebacker playing as like a third guy in the box in a nickel package. Um, yeah, he, he just kind of – he's just a great cover guy. His in elite instincts in pass coverage, and he's just so good with the ball in the air. He's insanely smart. He knows exactly where the play is going to go. 
The only problem is he's small and he's not going to be good in run defense. So if you're playing, if you're playing him, you're going to want to play him like a guy like Keanu Neal will this year in Dallas, where you're going to have him as a third linebacker who's not really there to cover, cover the run. He's more of a pass coverage down guy. Uh, he's, he's not a great tackler. He can't really get off blocks, especially at the NFL level. It's going to become even more apparent. At pick 20, I have the Bears taking Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama. I do think that the Bears have a chance of trading up for a quarterback. And I don't think Mac, Mac Jones is going to fall out of the top 10. But uh, he, here he falls all the way down to 20, and the Bears decide to take him. I think he can play a lot like Kirk Cousins a guy in the league who's had a good career so far. He's very solid, doesn't make many mistakes. He's in, Mac Jones is even more accurate, and he goes through progressions better. He's a very hard worker, as we hear from all his teammates, all his coaches. He, the only problem with him is he just doesn't have any outstanding traits. He's not athletic at all. And then and besides the accuracy, he doesn't have anything. Like, he doesn't have a strong arm. He's not – insanely talented otherwise physically so it just is a good pick for the Bears a team that is a very good roster and just needs someone to carry them into the playoffs and I think that is Mac Jones I pick 21 I have the Indianapolis Colts selecting Samuel Cosme the O tackle out of Texas I think he plays a lot like Jake Matthews the former all-pro t- uh, tackle from the Falcons He's insanely athletic and has great technique. Uh, his only weakness is that he doesn't show physicality all the way through his blocks. He's pretty much just a nice guy on the offensive line. He doesn't really like to pummel guys and put them into, into the ground, which you kind of need that mean streak when you're a tackle, especially because those big guys on the edge are really good in the NFL. So w- whatever you do, you have to really finish your blocks. And he just doesn't do that sometimes. But otherwise, he is a great player, and I see that as a really good fit for the Colts, who desperately need a left tackle. At pick 22, I have the Titans taking Greg Newsom, the corner at Northwestern. He, he's 6'1", 190, so he's not really a, a Dory Jackson replacement. He's more of a true outside guy. He's insanely athletic, and he's, he's great in man coverage. Uh, his, he does display some injury concerns and he is insanely grabby and he's overly physical when he's playing. You see him go and like take a guy 20 yards downfield and he'll grab the arm or the hand. And it, it usually it is a good play and the refs don't call it, but you do see that he is going to get flagged a lot when he comes into the NFL, unless they go straight to that and teach him how to properly defend downfield. But I think he has all the traits to become one of the great corner. He is my cornerback five. Um, Yeah, I would compare him a lot to a guy like Carlton Davis uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's their cornerback two, and he's just a very solid player. At pick 23, I have the Jets taking Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC. He's an inside guy who has the flexibility to play outside. He's insanely technical, and he's a great athlete. He's just not insanely overpoweringly strong, which is why I think he fits better on the inside. Um, he, he's just a great pick who would bolster that offensive line for 
the newly acquired Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson for the Jets. At 24, I have the Steelers taking a Landon Dickerson. I think you're going to see two to three offensive linemen come off the board early for the Steelers. Uh, Landon Dickerson's from Alabama. He's 6'6", 325 as a center, which is just insane size. I think he's going to play a lot like Connor McGovern, who is a center for the Broncos currently. He's oversized, but he's insanely technical, and he has great hand placement, especially. He's just insanely smart when it comes to protecting his quarterback and working his way downfield on the blocks for running. Uh, his his weakness is just that he's he has short arms. He is six six, but he he tested as one of the he like measured in as one of the shortest armed uh, centers in the draft, and he's just not that strong. And he has some injury concerns. He's had a few concussions, a few like leg injuries. He's just not fully there. But he he clearly is a great player, and I think the Steelers would have a great player coming their way for Landon Dickerson. At 25 of the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Pat Firemuth. This pick comes from the Los Angeles Rams. He Firemuth is a tight end out of Penn State. Ideal size, and he's insanely good after the catch, but he also has great ball skills when the ball is in the air. Um, he's not a great blocker, but as as the Jaguars move into this new era, they they need familiarity somewhere. And the tight ends coach from Penn State moved to Jacksonville to uh, take the position as tight end coach for the Jaguars when Urban Meyer took took control of the team. And Fryermuth has been hyped up as a late first, early second round tight end. And it just makes a lot of sense to have him be the pick. At 26, I had the Browns taking Micah Parsons, the uh, Sam linebacker out of Penn State. If he's playing in a 4-3, he'll be a Sam. Uh, he plays a lot like Anthony Barr. If you're going to have him in a 4-3, he's insanely athletic. He's physical. He's going to have the range to cover guys and play really well. He just has a lack of experience coverage. Uh, he's overly aggressive and will run up up the field, field without filling a hole just to try to make the tackle. He just has to kind of learn that the game is played and won as a team. Uh, he, he, he seemed focused on getting his draft stock up and kind of uh, getting the stats for himself when he was at Penn State because he didn't trust his teammates. But with the Browns, with that with that up front, with Jadavion Clowney and uh, those guys, Miles Garrett, uh, it, it's just clear that uh, he, he's going to uh, ha have a field day with the Browns. Um, yeah, he, he just has some, like, weird concerns. He, he's just – not a smart guy. He has a lot of off-field incidents, and uh, a lot of teams are questioning whether he wants to play or not. I think uh, I think he can be a great player one day. He just has to prove that he he is willing to play, and I think he can be as good as a guy like Devin White coming out through his first year and being so aggressive and great for the Buccaneers. At twenty-seven, I have the Ravens taking Jason Owe, the edge rusher out of Penn State. 6'5", 250. I think he plays a lot like a guy like Lorenzo Carter right now for the Giants. And then I think he can turn into a guy like Dante Fowler, who's become kind of like a solid, like top 20 edge rusher who moves around from team to team, not really finding a home because he can't find a long-term deal, but he's just a 
solid athlete, well, a great athlete who has good strength and he's insanely versatile. Uh, if OA is going to work anywhere, it's going to be with the Ravens. They have a top coaching staff for edge rushers, and I really think that OA is just a prospect. He's insanely raw. I, I think if he didn't have the insane testing abilities, he would be a fourth, fifth-round pick just because he has the athleticism to be an NFL player one day. But right now, that's just not him. He had zero production at all in college. He had something like 30, 40 tackles, no sacks. And he had some pressures, but it wasn't great. When you when you watched him, he was just kind of trying to run someone over or run around them. He wasn't doing anything technique-wise. He had no awareness of the game. Uh, it seems like that's, that's a lot of Penn State players now that I'm saying it. Um, they just really weren't coached well to uh, find the ball and play the game. But they, they do have a lot of raw talent, and I think Jason Owe can become a great player one day. It's just going to take a while. At 20, I have the New Orleans Saints selecting Asante Samuel Jr., the corner out of Florida State. I compare him to Jair Alexander, which is a very high praise for him. He's just insanely athletic and physical. He, he loves to tackle and has great coverage instincts. He's especially good in man coverage. But, uh, yeah, he, he just doesn't have the size to play, play along with some of these other outside corners. But uh, he, he is truly a great player. I have him as my cornerback, too. He, he has graded out perfectly in pass coverage. He, he has seen a couple of like issues with grabbing players and holding and just different penalties downfield. But for the most part, he's just a very good corner who's going to lock down someone in the NFL, which you can't say about most NFL draft prospects. At pick 29, I have the Green Bay Packers taking Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, I compare him to a guy like Mohamed Sanu. He's not, as, he's not an athletic, and he doesn't have great hands, but his route running is insane, and he has very good ball skills. He's going to find the ball. If he's not going to catch it, he's at least going to have his hands on it. And I think that's just the perfect type for the Green Bay Packers, someone who's not very good at catching the ball, but it's going to get open. And, uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman, he, he uh, he's just a good player. And he's going to play inside-outside a lot like what Justin Jefferson has done for the Vikings. I'll, I'm not going to compare him to Justin Jefferson. I think Jefferson was a completely different player. But they're very similar. They're the fourth best prospect in the class is at wide receiver. And they're being a little bit overlooked. I just don't think Bateman is going to go as high. And I don't think he's going to have the same production that Justin Jefferson had. And, yeah, I think he can end up like a guy like Mohamed Sanu where he has a great career. But I also think he can be like a guy like Russell Shepard for the Giants where – He's a great prospect, and he comes out, he gets drafted high, and then the expectations catch up to him, and he's just not as good as people wanted him to be. And he just becomes like a third, fourth wide receiver for some teams and just never becomes anything dominant or even solid in the NFL. For the Bills, I have at 30, I have them taking Eric Stokes, the corner from Georgia. Uh, he's insanely good in zone coverage. He's a track star. He's insanely fast, 
uh, and he is insanely good in press coverage. He's very physical. He has a lack of experience in man coverage, and uh, he's not a great tackler. But uh, he, he is just that, that great fit for the Bills scheme as a zone cover corner. I think he will play a lot like Shaquille Griffin once he gets into the league. I think he would be better in man coverage than his own. But uh, he, he will be great at both, I think. He just doesn't have that experience in man coverage to do it, to uh, prove it. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's just an insanely athletic guy who can become a star in the league one day. At 31, I have the Ravens taking Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, I compare him to a guy like Mike Williams on the on the Chargers. He's just a great size, size guy who's a deep threat, and he has great speed. He's a tough runner, and he excelled against his competition, which is very high level when you're playing at LSU. Uh, he's not insanely agile, and he's not the best route runner, but he is very good at just going up and getting the ball. He he would be a good fit for the Ravens offense, and uh, I think Lamar Jackson would be happy to have a guy like Terrace Marshall on his team. And at 32, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Rondell Moore. A play, I just call him a playmaker because he's definitely not a wide receiver out of Purdue. He's 5'10", 180. Now, a lot of people are going to be saying, why aren't you having them take Elijah Moore? He's like pretty much the same size. He plays the same position. He's kind of like a gadget player. And uh, he clearly has some some uh, great talent. But when you watch them, like they both have the same explosiveness. They're, they're pretty much the exact same player. But Elijah Moore is, has some issues, man. He's, he's kind of a head case. I compare him to Odell Beckham Jr. when it comes to that. He uh, he had the most excessive celebration penalties against him at, uh, for any college player in the in the NCAA, and uh, yeah, I I just kind of see the Buccaneers getting scared off by a guy like that. Uh, Rondale Moore though, he's extremely explosive. He's great after the catch, and he can play play well as a deep threat. I think he's going to be used as a human highlight reel. He's just going to kind of line up in the slot, take some, take some bubble screens, take some big shots down the field from Tom Brady, the guy who we know doesn't really like to take shots down the field. But when you have receivers like this, there's no way you're not going to see it. And you saw last year that uh, Brady really didn't seem phased by having to go downfield sometimes to just hit hit his star players. Durability is definitely an issue for Rondale Moore, but uh, he he is going to be a great player. And uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he can become one of the better slot players in the NFL. Really awesome stuff there. Uh, I love the analysis you gave for a lot of your players really in depth there. Jason always, um, one of those, he's a very uh, peculiar case. Because you're right, he didn't have any sacks, didn't really fill up the stat sheet. And like you said, didn't have many um, great attributes, but just th- there's a lot that you can work with. He, uh, like you said, very athletic, good size. So I think – and 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 um, he's just one of those players I think coaches think they can work with and maybe develop him into a star. That, that's an interesting one. And you're right, Tom, he uh, – in, in watching his tape – he just goes right at you. He doesn't really try to utilize any swim moves, doesn't try to utilize any techniques to get past you. He just kind of tries to run right by you or through you. 
Um, so you're right. If, I think if he falls into the hands of John Harbaugh over in uh, Baltimore, he'll he'll be able to work with him and then turn him into a guy that can be a force in the league. Um, really interesting stuff there. Uh, I like how you said, I, I think the Bears are likely going to trade up and take a quarterback. I don't see them staying where they are unless there's a quarterback they think will be there. I can see them giving up a lot of capital to try and uh, get one of the quarterbacks. I've heard on the, online that it could be Justin Fields that they want to trade up for. Um, yeah. Anyone else have any thoughts about Tom Schreff they want to share? Jason, Justin, anyone? Yeah, I, I also thought the Mac Jones falling all the way to 20 was a little surprising. Like, if I personally think right now he'll be – he might be even a top five, not, like, talent-wise, but just, like, in general, it seems like he's going to probably be a top five pick in this draft. So if the Bears are able to land Mac Jones at 20, I'm sure they would be very, very happy with that. But I think if he falls out of the top 10, I, I see the Bears – or a team like Washington, or even the Patriots trying to make a move up for him very quickly. Yeah, I do agree with that. I, th- I think that these top five quarterbacks are going to go- all go in the top 10 of the draft class. This is more of a what I would do because there's no trades and I can't really, like, I, I don't have insights into what, what the GMs are thinking. So I'm, I'm just kind of going through and I, I'm like, I like this prospect a lot, so I'm just going to take him for this team and he fits his need. So I do think that Mac Jones will be in the top 10. I just don't personally think he is that kind of prospect. He doesn't have, as I said, he doesn't have the athletic traits. He doesn't have any of the arm talent to really be a top 10 prospect. But when you have that that level of quarterback, you just need to figure it out for yourself and find where you want to take him. I also thought it was pretty interesting. You had uh, Parsons going to the Browns, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I, I don't I don't disagree. While I had them going to Washington, I don't disagree. I think that's very, like, I think he's such – he's a prospect that he, you either – he goes early in the second half or he falls. And I can, I can see both happening, honestly. So I think – I like that you had him going to the Browns. I think that's a smart pick. Yeah, recently he's uh, he was at the beginning of the draft and scouting process. He was up there in the top 10. And then people started looking at his character. You know, you know, like Tom said, his, his like not wanting to play football, him not being a team player. And I think that's making his stock fall. I still think he's a good player, a lot of talent. Um, so with that being said, we'll get into my second half and mentioning Micah Parsons at 17, I have the Las Vegas Raiders taking Micah Parsons. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, in the, with the, I think I'm not a big John Gruden guy as with terms of, you know, developing a scheme and putting his guys in the right position, but I will say he is a leader of men. He gets what he wants out of his guys. So I think he'll be able to control Parsons uh, personality and I think Parsons is a guy you could put anywhere on the field he, he's a super athletic very good very fast a lot of things to like about him that defense lacks a guy like that that can be very versatile so I think drafting Parsons will fill that spot 
at 18, you two, both uh, Jason and just uh, Jason and Tom, I'm sorry, both had uh, a pass rusher in one second. Both had a pass rusher in Quiddy Pay, and I'm actually going to say Rashad Bateman here, uh, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. I, I I get the Dolphins got. Will Fuller, and they still have some weapons, but I think they can use another weapon. I think Bateman, he who I must say had a great college career. Interesting fact, I had him. I did a fantasy, a, a college football fantasy league once, and I had this guy on my team. And every week he was just putting up these video game numbers. So I think with a good coach like Brian Flores, who knows what could happen. I think that's a pick that they should do. Um. I had the Dolphins taking Rashawn Slater at six. So I think here's when they go receiver and try to help out that offense, help out Tua. 19, uh, Jason and Tom both had the football team selecting a linebacker. Um, so I'm going to go with Samuel Cosme, the tackle out of Texas. I Like Tom said, he, he's got a lot of traits you like. I think the Reds, not the Reds, I'm sorry, the football team has to go offense here. Their defense is, is a bright spot on their team. Their offense, not so much. They have a pretty good offensive line, but in my opinion, you can never have enough offensive line help. So I think they're going to go with Cosme here. This could be a quarterback too. I could also see the football team trading up to get a quarterback. I've heard even the Giants and them have, have been uh, talking a little bit about that. So that could be an, an option. Um, or a quarterback at 19, whoever's available, Davis Mills, one of those guys. If some, if one of the top four falls to 19 and the Bears, the football team pounces on that. Which brings me to the Bears, where I honestly think they're going to trade up. But since we didn't do trades in this, I'm going to go with Wyatt Davis, the guard out of Ohio State. He's a guy that had a lot of hype um, before this year and coming into this year. But now, not not so much. Uh, he he's he's I've like I said, watched a lot of the Ohio State games. He's a guy that has a lot of power and a lot of good good. Um, he's smart, good traits, good technique. A guy that's kind of fallen down draft boards that I think shouldn't have. That I think would help a team a lot. Only thing is, he is a guard, not much of a tackle. But I think he he'll be good on that interior of the offensive line for the Bears. 21, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Aziz Ojulari, the outside linebacker out of Georgia. I think a lot of drafts have him going earlier than 21. I just think he's a guy that uh, very versatile, uh, another guy that can be all over the field, good pass rushing ability. That Colts defense, I think that's one thing that they do lack is a big time pass rusher. And, and, and I think Ojulari could be that. Frank Reich, I think great coach. And I think He'll put him into the right scheme to get the most out of his talents. 22, the Titans take Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. This is a guy that, in my opinion, would help out that defense so much from a coverage perspective. They're a defense that that struggles, that had mighty, mighty struggles last year, stopping anything, whether it was the run or the pass. Um, Koromoa isn't the best run stopper, but he's very good in coverage. And like Tom said, you, you could put him in almost a safety sort of position to cover. And I think that's that's huge for the Titans defense if they want to stop anyone this year. 23, the Jets, Greg Newsom, 
A lot of mock drafts have the Jets taking Greg Newsome, and I agree with it. Their secondary was putrid last year. We all remember the the, the game against the Raiders when the Jets uh, blitzed on the last play and they gave up a touchdown because the corner got toasted. So I think Greg Newsome will help alleviate that issue if it comes up again. Overall, solid guy, solid corner, solid pick. Next, the Steelers, Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, had a great showing all year. Lots of upside here. Uh, he's, he, could, he could also be good out of the backfield. I think this Pittsburgh offense needs a, a boost, a rejuvenation, some youth in there with uh, if Big Ben is going to be the quarterback. This, this could also be a quarterback, too. This is another team that I don't know if the Steelers necessarily would trade up, but I could see them maybe going with a quarterback at this spot. 25, this is where Quiddy Pay goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know I have him kind of falling here. Um, he's another guy that's raw, has a lot of ceiling, though. So I think Urban and Urban Meyer, who's the new coach there, defensive. I think he's more of a defensive-minded guy. So I think he'll be able to work with Quiddy Pay and and get the most out of get the guy that he could be as opposed to the guy that um the guy that he was in college, you can get more out of him. So that's a pretty good draft for the Jaguars, getting a, a, a franchise quarterback and a defensive end. 26, I have the Cleveland Browns taking Zavin Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. I think they have enough pass rush with Davian Clowney and uh, Miles Garrett. And their secondary is they signed John Johnson. They have Denzel Ward. So I think that defense, the next thing they need is a good middle linebacker. And I think Zayvon Collins could be that guy. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to be honest. I don't know too much about him, but I have heard scouts say that they like him a lot. So I think that's a spot that the Browns would be um, smart to take him. 27, the Baltimore Ravens. I have been taking Rondale Moore from Purdue. Like Tom said, a bit on the smaller side, but he's. I think a guy that could be a playmaker on that Ravens offense, alongside Marquise Brown. With Lamar Jackson, I keep saying the Ravens' biggest need is a receiver, so they get one here. 28, the Saints, Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC. Again, the Saints' offensive line really isn't an issue. I just think it's something that they can improve, that they can always have depth with. Depth with. I don't think an offensive line is something you just disregard. I think you can always have other guys there um, to learn if, if, if need be and eventually become a starter. 29, the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay fashion, not take a receiver and take Gregory Rosso from Miami. Uh, originally, like I said, at the beginning of the scouting process, he was he was probably the top pass rusher. And then guys like Jalen Phillips and Quiddy Pay all kind of jumped ahead of him. So I think he goes here to the Packers. Uh, they drafted Rashawn Gary in 2019. Don't know how he's going to turn out. Obviously, Jordan Love last year. Uh, another guy that we'll see if he even plays this year. But uh, Greg Rosso, I think he goes here. And then 30, the Buffalo Bills. I have them taking Jalen Mayfield, a tackle out of Michigan. A guy that I've heard a lot about recently. Another guy that just recently got a lot of hype. Um, like I said, that offensive line for the Bills is good. They already have Deion Dawkins at left tackle. So Jalen Mayfield, I think, could either fill that spot at right tackle or move to guard or maybe sit for a little bit and learn. 
like I said, can never have too much offensive line help coming from a Giants fan who haven't they haven't had a good offensive line since the Super Bowl teams. 31, the Ravens from the Chiefs, Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama. Another guy that I like a lot that I think because they traded Orlando Brown, they get a guy that um, at his best could potentially replace Orlando Brown. So I think they're going to try to re-bolster that line after they just took a hit with uh, Orlando Brown leaving and take Leatherwood. And 32, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, that defensive line is pretty good for the Buccaneers. I just think this is one of those players that he could be one of the better ones available at that spot. So I think that's just where the Buccaneers go here, try to um, add more to that offensive line that was that defensive line I'm sorry that was just so ferocious in the Super Bowl so yeah that is my second half um anyone have any thoughts about my picks Tom go ahead um I do want to just mention uh I I did I did seem like a Michael Parsons hater there kind of calling him like I was kind of calling him stupid and I was like yeah he he just doesn't really have the off the field like presence to actually be a good player I do want to say that uh I would not be mad if the Giants ended up taking him at 11 because he's just such a great prospect uh he just has great athleticism uh the Giants used Tay Crowder in a role where he he was just kind of like moving around all over the field trying to find a spot it really worked out well against the Seahawks he had a sack, uh, he had some good pass deflections, good coverage, like run defense all over the place. He's just kind of there. And I think if the Giants tra trained up Michael Parsons to like play that role, he would be perfect for it. So I, I do want to say I'm not dogging him for like being weird. I'm just saying like th those are the concerns that have had me move him down all the way to the Browns at like 25, 26. So you're absolutely right. And those are valid concerns, too. I'm not saying they weren't. I just think – and I agree with you. The Giants took him. I would be happy with it. I think he has a lot of talent. He's a um, a guy that could be a superstar in the NFL from every aspect on defense. He just seems like a guy that at his best, he's all over the field making plays. But the character problems, they are a, con they are a legitimate concern. So – um, that, but I do have him going to the Raiders. I think that's a good fit. John Gruden, I think, can handle a guy like that. So, yeah, Justin, so it's down to you. So let's hear your 17-32. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I liked a lot of those picks, Jay. As, as you'll see, I have a lot of the same players going to some of the same teams and in the same ranges there. So starting at number 17 with the Las Vegas Raiders, after losing a lot of the offensive line this past offseason. I have them going with Christian Darisau from Virginia Tech. He's a prospect that after maybe a year or two could easily fill in that left tackle spot. Might start at right tackle or a guard, but he just needs slight technique fixes, but has all the physical attributes that you'd like to see in a prospect. Then at number 18 for the Miami Dolphins, I have them going with Micah Parsons, as was already touched by Tom and Jay, Micah Parsons, you know, he's a linebacker that can go from Penn State that can go all over the field. He can cover, he can tackle, you know, very rangy. His only concern right now is his character concerns. It's unknown how valid they truly are, but I do think it's a team even before the Dolphins might be willing to take a chance on a talent like that. 
And then at 19 with the Washington football team, I have them taking Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from Oklahoma state. Now he probably at the start of his NFL career, he'll probably be a guard due to his short arms. He has a slow to average um, speed, which could limit his ability against like speed rushers on the outside. So but he has a lot of that physical strength that you like to see solid technique otherwise. So it he'll probably be one of those kind of like a Ryan Ramchek case where he starts at guard, but then moves over to right tackle as he gets more used to the NFL. And, and I really think he'll be able to fill in a good spot there, help that Washington football team as they added Ryan Fitzpatrick this past off season, they added Curtis Samuel They're, They still have Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. So I think he'll be a good fit there at number 20 for the Chicago bears. I have them taking the cornerback, Greg Newsome, the second from Northwestern. He's recently been a riser in drafts. I've seen him going a lot to the Arizona Cardinals, I say he falls here to the Bears. The Bears, unfortunately, are unable to trade up in this mock draft, so they don't land their quarterback, so they'll be stuck with Andy Dalton. But I think that Greg Newsome, excellent player after losing Kyle Fuller this past offseason, I think he can fill in in that spot. The Bears, historically, they like to have a very strong defense. He'll be able to fill in their number one cornerback spot. He can lock lock up all the great receivers like in that division, such as Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. I, I see him as a really good fit there. At number 21 for the Indianapolis Colts, I have them going with the Alabama tackle Alex Leatherwood. This is a little earlier than I think a lot of people have him. He has a lot of potential, but I think his future at left tackle or right tackle could be limited by his poor uh, speed, poor hand positioning, kind of similar to what I had said about Tevin Jenkins. He has a lot of potential. I think he'll probably start his career at guard, but after losing Anthony Costanzo uh, this past offseason due to retirement, they really need to fill in that right tackle spot on the offensive line, especially with the addition of Carson Wentz. And as we saw with the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz with no offensive line is not a great sight to see. So they, they really need to make sure that they sure up that right side of the line after, after uh, losing him this past off season. And I think this is where they go to do it at number 22 for the Tennessee Titans. I have them taking Christian Barrymore from the defensive tackle from Alabama. I think it's a similar case here to what we've seen with Micah Parsons in that he has a lot of those physical attributes that you like to see. He's a good run stuffer. He can rush the passer. It's just a lot of those personality type concerns. And some of those are valid on draft day. I think we saw a couple of years ago with DeAndre Baker to the Giants, how he fell because of personality concerns. And that had a, has had a very large impact in his NFL career so far. And there's a lot of other cases cases where they're not really valid and these players end up falling and they're actually end up being NFL superstars. So I think these types of things, they, these players will fall because of them, but they have a lot of potential and that Tennessee Titans defense, they, as Jay had pointed out, they really need that help, any help they can get there after last season, it was definitely a rough time. Give up a lot of points, basically every game they were in shootouts He'll be able to help stop the run, help rush the passer, do what 
do everything they need in order to sure up that defensive line. At number 23, the New York Jets, I have them selecting Quiddy Pay from Michigan. He's a very solid edge rusher. He's going to be able to help out the Jets as they sort of rebuild their defense. He would be going higher, I think, in, and he probably will go higher than this in the actual draft, but a lot of teams are concerned about his production as it was based on his, you know, he has all the physical attributes you like to see as an edge rusher, just you know, when the production's not there, you, you know, you just want to sort of figure out that reason why. And I think I, that's why he might fall a little bit. He could, he'll probably go behind Aziz Ojulari. He could go behind Jalen Phillips as well, but I think this is a good fit for him with the Jets at number 24 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have him taking the running back from Alabama as a lot of us have so far, Najee Harris after Ever since Le'Veon Bell uh, held out and then left the Steelers, they really haven't had that go-to running back that they can, you know, rely on. The playmaker, I think this is where they go with that. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's only getting older. And in this, they need to start being able to run the ball a little bit more. He's throwing the ball over 50 times a game is not really a rest, long-term recipe for success. I think this would be a good pick here. I've also seen a lot of buzz in the last few days about Kyle Trask going at number 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could also see that as the pick, you know, Ben Roethlisberger with only probably, this might probably his last year of his career, maybe one more. Kyle Trask would be a good developmental prospect to learn behind him. They can see for the next year or two, whether Kyle Trask has the thing, the necessary traits to be their quarterback of the future, or if he needs to sip, they need to go in a different direction in the future at number 25 for Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been going with an edge rusher from Penn state here, Jason away. I think he's very similar prospect to Quiddy pay. You know, he has all the physical attributes that you like to see Jason away's technique does need a little bit more work. I would say than Quiddy pay, but he ran a four, three, nine 40. I, it was like a four, four 40 at his pro day. And, you know, when anybody, any edge rusher prospect that has that type of speed, you know, you want to get all your hands on, but without the production there, I think that he falls a little bit farther than maybe he should, but at number 26 for the Cleveland Browns, I have them going with the linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. I think that this is one of the my biggest sleepers, actually, in the entire draft. I think this guy has a ton of potential. He could be the best linebacker in this entire class, in my opinion. He's, you know, a fast linebacker. He can go side to side. He can, you know, cover any tight end, basically. He can cover the running backs. And I, his tackling is solid. I think that's the only area that he really needs to work on. But I think in the right system, this guy can be really good. And that's, he fills the perfect need for the Browns defense. As you guys have all discussed, you know, they have Jadavion Clowney, they have Miles Garrett up front. They have a lot of good cornerbacks and, you know, safeties. So their only weakness is at linebacker. And I think they're fill it here depending on if this, if uh, Jeremiah Lusu Karamo is still on the board, I think that it will be the pick there at number 27 for the Baltimore Ravens. I think they finally get a, another wide receiver for Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. He's a speedy wide receiver 
four three nine nine uh combine time you know very quick i think he'll be able to help out lamar jackson a lot in that offense they tried to go after juju smith schuster in free agency to address that obviously juju stayed with pittsburgh steelers but i think they need to get another player in there for lamar jackson for his development right now they marquise brown he's been very up and down so far in his nfl career and their only other steady pass catcher is mark andrews at this point so i think getting him another wide receiver is a top priority at number 28 the new orleans saints i have them selecting caleb farley from virginia tech i think that caleb farley he has a very high ceiling you know, a lot of people say that he could even be the second best cornerback probably in this class, but I do think it's a big concern. His back injuries that he's had recently, a lot of surgeries, you know, especially in cornerback prospects, you don't want that to be a long-term thing. It's hard to survive in the NFL at the cornerback position if you're having uh, like back problems or lower leg issues. So this is going to be very concerning. It could possibly push him out of the first round. But if teams like the ceiling that they see, he could go even higher if they're if his medicals do check out. At number 29 for the Green Bay Packers, I have them selecting Elijah Moore, the 5'9 slot wide receiver from Ole Miss. They finally get Aaron Rodgers, the a wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams. I hope they do draft a wide receiver because that if they draft another wide receiver, that will open that entire offense up. It will make, you know, less coverage. They won't have to double coverage Devontae Adams. You know, you'll have um, Robert Tanyan will be getting a lot of single coverage. They'll be able to run the football better. And I, I see this as a very good fit. I could also see Kadarius Tony from Florida going at this spot as well. I think he's an excellent wide receiver. Uh, he's, I don't think any of us have had him in our first round, but I think if he does fall out of the first round, some team will either trade up for him or will be taken in the first couple picks. At number 30, I have the Buffalo's Bill selecting Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State, the cornerback. I think he has some potential. I'm a little bit nervous, though, if he could ever, his potential of becoming a number one cornerback just because how undisciplined he was with a lot of pass interference penalties and a lot of um, hand contact as going up for the ball. So I think if he's able to work on that in his first couple seasons, then I do think he has a lot of potential, but that's especially for cornerback prospects. If there's one thing that worries me, it's always about, you know, their um, ability to play on, on the ball when the ball's in the air. And I think that's something that's a little concerning to me. And number 31, the Baltimore Ravens. I have them selecting Jalen Mayfield, the tackle from Michigan. After losing Orlando Brown, they're going to want to fill that offensive line. It's very important that they do fill the O-line as the Lamar Jackson running. Their whole entire running game is really based on that. If they don't have a good O-line, their offense won't really be able to go. I think that at the start of his career, he'll probably start more at the guard position, He's a, his technique's a little bit raw, but I do think he has a very high ceiling and I see why he could fall to the, maybe the end of the first round. He'll probably, if I had to guess, he'll probably go towards the top of the second round. If, unless there's a lot of tackles taken, like I have in my mock draft here at number 32, 
I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finishing off the first round of the draft with Trevon Morig, the safety from TCU. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, they really don't have any holes on their roster at basically everything. They have a good offensive line on the offense, good wide receivers. Obviously they have the quarterback position locked up and they have a great linebacking and um, uh, defensive front. But if there's one position that I could see a slight weakness in, it would be their safeties. I think he'll help out in the secondary and you, you know, you can never really have enough good secondary. So I, I see him as a good fit there. And that is the conclusion of my mock draft for this year. Lots of interesting picks there. I love the variety we had. We, we had some similar ones. I think everyone had Najee Harris going 24th to the Steelers. And I just want to comment on about the Steelers. Justin, you mentioned the Kyle Trask hype. I've also seen that. Um, it's funny because some fans seem like they want him. Some fans don't. I don't think he's very good. I've listened to so many analysts say he's not really like an NFL caliber quarterback. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of those picks are very interesting, similar to mine. Um, one thing that no one had, no one else had Wyatt Davis going in the first round. I, I, I'm a little bit surprised by that. I think Wyatt Davis is really good. I think what, what most people are afraid of is that he's mainly a guard and, and guards are a little bit iffy in the first round. I, but I mean, the guard position has been revolutionized since Quentin Nelson joined the league. Uh, he, he is just a, a freak. So I think more people should be wanting guards. Um, but yeah, Justin, I really like what you had to say. So th- th- that concludes the mock drafts that we did. Uh, I think what we'll do now is I kind of want to see who's everyone thinks is going to be the winners and the losers of this first round. So I'll go first. I think the winner of this first round, uh, there's a lot of teams it could be, but I- I'm honestly going to go with the uh, the Miami Dolphins here. They get Rashawn Slater, who's a, a good tackle, in my opinion. Um, they already had some picks from the 49ers before that, so they, they did that trade. They take Slater, who could be a franchise tackle, and then they take Rashad Bateman, who I think is a playmaking receiver, deep threat, good hands, physical, uh, the weapon for Tua. That, that, that's my winner. I think those are two great picks. And my loser of this draft, I'd have to say, and this is just simply a prediction, but I would probably have to say the San Francisco 49ers. I really don't think that Trey Lance or Mac Jones are better than Justin Fields. I think they're going to regret that. I could be wrong. Ten years from now, Trey Lance could be a four-time Super Bowl champ, two-time MVP, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to get clowned. But I just really don't think taking either of those guys is going to get them where they want to be. So, Tom, we'll go to you next. Who are, do you think is going to be the winners and the losers of this first round? Yeah, so I might be talking for a while. Um <laughs> <laughs> So I did not take Najee Harris in the first round. Uh, the Steelers had three offensive linemen retire or are just cur- currently free agents. Oh, my, my apologies. My apologies. So, uh, yeah, I took Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, while, while I was listening to you guys, I kind of just made a list of, like, players I would be – I could possibly take in the first round, which does include Wyatt Davis. I, I don't think he's the best – like, I don't think he's one of the better offensive linemen, but, like, 
he, he is my guard number two. I do have Trey Smith ahead of him out of Tennessee. But I just made a list of 41 players that I could possibly take in the first round other than the 32 I already took, which really just shows how this class isn't great. Like, there's just a lot of players that are just, like, borderline kind of okay players. But, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, my winner from this draft, I would have to say, really, it's got to be the Jets. The Jets, like, Zach Wilson, I just really like him as a prospect. Great off-balance throwing. He's uh, just a very good all-around player. And then they have that second second pick where they go Elijah Vera Tucker, just solidify the offensive line. He's a great technique player. I think he'll be a solid player day one. So I, I just really like that. Any team that's going to have multiple picks in the first round is going to be a winner. So when you see that from the Jets, you just know it. There, there's something going on there. They're, they're going to have a good season. Especially with uh, their new their new head coach, who I love, in uh, bald man Robert Sala, and uh, my loser, hmm, I don't really know, because this was what I would do. So like a lot of these teams are going to have kind of like a a better chance from my perspective, as I just went from my big board and I was like, all right, this guy's gonna be taken here. But, uh, yeah, if the 49ers end up with Mac Jones, I think they will be the losers of the draft. I'm just going to say that because he doesn't have anything elite about him. And, uh, yeah, if they don't take Justin Fields, I think it's a mistake. If they take Trey Lance, I'm fine with it, though, because he has great upside, and I think he's going to be a great player one day. Yep, and the Jets were were going to be second for my winners. Um, obviously, a, a franchise quarterback that they think in Zach Wilson. I, I think Greg Newsom, uh, the second, could be a great corner. So that they were also up there for my winners of the draft. Um, but yeah, uh, and you're right, Tom. Trey Lance, I think, had does have a lot of upside. I just still think Fields is better. Um, and I, I don't know Lance; he's too raw for me. I just don't see how you could trade up that much and not take Justin Fields. Um, but that's just me. Like I said, these are only predictions. Ten years from now, Fields could be a, a big, a huge bust, and the other two could be uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, Justin, we'll go with you next. What do you think your winners and losers? Yeah, my winners and losers would be my winners. They would be the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I think the New York Jets, you know, in my mock draft here, they get Zach Wilson, who I think – a very high potential player, you know, he sort of reminds me a lot of like maybe Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, maybe even a little Russell Wilson mixed in there. And then they're able to pair that with a guy in Quiddy Pay, who I think he arguably is the best edge rusher in this entire draft class. And if they're able to get him at 23, that's, that's really good value. Um, it's just, you know, he just hasn't had the production yet, but he has everything you like to see. So that would be one, the Miami Dolphins in my mock draft. If they're able to land Jamar Chase at six, that would be great. I think he'll, based on what I've been seeing, seeing recently, that it seems like he'll be going to the Bengals at five. But I think that would be great for the Dolphins at six. And then in mine, they also pair him with Micah Parsons. Those are arguably 
two top 10 picks right there that they'd be able to get. So that would be great value. If I had to pick my one loser, it would probably be the Indianapolis Colts. I don't really love the Alex Leatherwood pick. I more went with that based on what I've been hearing from uh, Indianapolis. I think he's not going to be a plug and play right tackle option at the start of this season, which I think is what they need. I think he needs a lot, a little bit more developmental time. So if they throw him right into the fire, it, it might not be a good scene at the start there. Funny you say the Colts. Um, I didn't think of that really. Uh, you might be right. Um, the Colts, I feel like the Colts, besides Quentin Nelson, I don't, I don't really remember them being that great at drafting. They got Jonathan Taylor last year, who, who's good. But other than that, I don't really they, – they're, they they're not a team that stands out to me with, with great drafting. So, um, But I think they're a good team regardless. I, think, I don't think it will hurt them that much. I'm just going to stand by the 49ers pick until they prove me wrong. And finally, Jason, uh, your winners and losers of this first round. Um, <clears throat> so I have two. I have two winners and I have two losers. My winners, I think, are definitely the Jets. I think they get Zach Wilson. I, I, I do. I'm one of the people that thinks Fields is better, but I think Zach Wilson is not bad. I think Zach Wilson's a very good quarterback, so I think that'll be a very good pick for them, as well as getting. I had them taking Caleb Farley. I think if you get them, they can really bolster their secondary. That was, like you said before, atrocious. So I think they can definitely be a good winner. Um, my other winner, which you guys surprised, I thought you got one of you guys would say, I have the Jaguars. I think you get Lawrence. I think Lawrence is going to be a good quarterback no matter what system he gets put in. And yeah, the Jaguars are not that good. But now they have Urban Meyer, so you really don't know where they can come or what their potential could be. And you have Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback, could be a, definitely be a franchise guy. And then whoever they get on at 25, I think they'll, no matter who they take, it'll be a good addition to them. And I think they can be a, definitely be a winner. My first loser, I, I think, I do think that the 49ers could be a loser if they take Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is a very good quarterback. I had him going fourth to uh, Atlanta, but Mac Jones is I, – I know they're looking a lot at Mac Jones, and I do not think Mac Jones is a very good quarterback. Like we said before, he has a lot of issues. And, yeah, he can make good throws. And, yeah, he led the Alabama offense well. But he was also carried by Devontae Smith, Waddle, and Najee Harris. So I don't think he's a very good quarterback. So that's my first loser. And my second loser, I hate to say it, but I think – Something's going to happen, and I think that my team, the Eagles, are going to be a loser. I don't think – I don't trust Howie Roseman enough to make a good move, and I think we have a high potential to take a quarterback, and that's something I've been hearing a lot about. And I've, I have said before that I would not support the Eagles in any way taking a quarterback, and I think if that happens, we're definitely going to be the losers of this draft, and we're going to be forever mocked for it. Yeah, that that is something I've heard recently. Um, the Niners taking a quarter, not the Niners, the Eagles taking a quarterback. Um, honestly, Jason, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. I think you got to give Hurts another shot. I think they should draft him a weapon to help him instead of just moving on and drafting someone that that can stand there with a clipboard or replace him. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of Eagle fans are very. Um, don't they're, they're they're very 
displeased with Howie Roseman. They're not very fond of him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does something in this draft that many fans are angry about. They could be losers. But again, the real losers and winners will be found out in like five in not five, in like two or three years. We'll really find out who won and lost this first round. And yeah, you're right. The Jaguars did have they they on paper. I have them taking Trevor Lawrence and Quiddy Pay, which are two very good players that can be great with Urban Meyer with the right coaching. Um, so they could be a winner too. There's a lot of teams uh, with that could be winners that could be losers too. So. It all comes down to Thursday, this Thursday at 8, 8 p.m., the April 29th, the first round. Going to be very exciting. Um, this has been a lot of fun these past two episodes going over these mock drafts. We have a lot of different ones, a lot of different outcomes. And again, in all, we'll, we'll see who is closest when the draft comes. Other than that, next week, we're going to talk, we're going to do a post-draft recap. We're going to talk about, talk about what our teams did what we liked, what we didn't like, the surprises, because there's going to be some surprises, maybe some trades that have happened, and then the overall impact uh, going into next year of what happened in this draft. So for Penn Station Sports Talk, that is going to be all for this episode, everyone. Good luck to your teams on draft night, and thank you so much for listening.